Hello, 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 and welcome to this, the bonus episode of today's FYI on Tokyo. And just a quick reminder, if you're listening to this episode and you haven't listened to the first episode, you should listen to them in order. Plus, between the two episodes, there are usually over 400 words, expressions, and structures that we look at, all while getting lost in a fascinating topic. I hope you guys are enjoying our trip to Tokyo. Remember that too. We are going on a trip or we are traveling, but we don't say we're going on a travel. I've heard that mistake several times. Well, let's take a look at some of the hoods. Que? Capuchas? Yeah, but it's also neighborhoods. Sometimes we shorten it and say hoods. Some of my favorite hoods in Tokyo, and I think everybody's, there's a reason why they're the most popular ones. Akihabara. Akihabara is probably the most Tokyo-esque neighborhood you'll ever see. There's neon everywhere. Oh, and remember, Tokyo at night is very different than Tokyo during the day. So I recommend you check the city out at night because it lights up. I remember reading when I was preparing this, don't quote me on it, but it's the city with the most neon in the world. And having been there, I can vouch for that. And to vouch for is dar fe. It kind of makes sense because umbale is a voucher. I love it when things make sense. So Akihabara, it's famous for a lot of reasons. One of them, as we said, neon. But this is where you really feel like you're in Japan. Remember before I said they love technology? Well, this is one of those neighborhoods where you'll see that. You'll see there are some places that have like 10 floors, 10 plantas, just full of electronics. And some of it is like vintage video games, pieces. I mean, if you're a tech geek, un friki de la tecnología, this is right up your alley. And also, if you're a fan of the otaku culture. And the otaku culture is this Japanese culture where people look like these anime characters, these manga characters, and it's just really Japanese. When you think of Japanese, at least the way Hollywood portrays it, this is it. Culture, technology, restaurants, cafes, and fascinating people walking the streets. I loved this neighborhood. Another one, and this is the one where all the young people hang out, this is Harajuku. And Harajuku is awesome. It's so colorful. Every day is Halloween when you go to Harajuku. And it's right next to one of the parks I mentioned too. So that's really cool. You can go shopping, people watching. I remember I bought an Ozzy Osbourne shirt, Ozzy Osbourne Live in Tokyo. It was at this vintage rock shop. So this is a place where you'll see things you didn't even know existed. And I'm not just talking about the things in the shops. I'm talking about the people. Some of them even look like aliens. It is out of this world. And pun intended. It's the hip spot. The spot where you go to see 
and be seen. And then you can take a stroll in the park afterwards. Another one is Ginza, very popular neighborhood. And this one has exclusive shops. This is a, a fancier kind of neighborhood, you know, upscale, as we say, with these storefronts with beautiful facades. You say fachada, we say facade. And I would definitely recommend at least having a coffee or a tea, because I know I couldn't afford any of the things in the shops, but I did some window shopping. As I said, when you're there, you don't have to buy stuff. Just knowing that this weird new stuff exists makes you feel like you're on another planet. I've said that many times, maybe not here on the podcast. Uh, maybe I have, I don't remember, but I feel like now when I go to Germany or I go to France or you know any of these European countries, it's pretty homogenous, to be honest. Okay, you, Germany, they have their special foods, but you go to the supermarket and you get it. Oh, there's our Coca-Cola, there's our... But when you go to Japan, yeah, they've got Coca-Cola, but they've got stuff that will blow your mind. I love the, the sushi restaurants with the conveyor belts. Oh man, those are awesome. They love mixing technology with food and they're eating 24 seven there. People love to eat and they eat on the go. And I think I, that's a, a perfect segue, transition into foodie finds. And a find is un hallazgo, un encuentro, algo que hemos encontrado, right? It totally makes sense. And a foodie is a person who loves to eat, a person who loves food. And Tokyo is paradise for foodies. It was the world's capital of gastronomy in 2017. It has tons of Michelin stars. That year, it had more than Paris collectively. Even the editorial director of the Michelin Guide said, this is the king. Tokyo, hats off, you take the cake. Now that was in 2017. Oh, and the expression take the cake, it's a food-related expression, se lleva la palma. And if there's any place that takes the cake, it's the Sujiki Market. And this is the largest seafood market in the world. And if you want to go see it in action, when it's in full swing, you've got to get up early, bright and early, because at 5 a.m. every morning, they have the live tuna auctions. And an auction is una subasta. And tuna, pues eso es atún. But we didn't get there first thing in the morning. We let the tuna fishermen do their thing, and then we went a little bit later. But there are over 400 different types of seafood that come through this market. There was some fish I didn't even recognize. Plus, you can get your typical ingredients, your seaweed, algas, you can get your miso, you know, anything you need, all your seafood and spice needs. And we walked around the market for like three hours and we didn't see the whole thing. And there was no way I could try everything I wanted to try. So what an experience, you have to go. And I shared a picture on Patreon of a maki roll that I ordered there. Now this was from a tuna that had just been brought in 
from this morning. So it was maybe two or three hours old. And they gave me a maki. And then I realized that in the West, they've been misleading us. They've been lying to us. Because usually when you order maki, there's a, a Japanese word we use. It's the word roll, no? los rollitos. It's a lot of rice and a little bitty, itty bitty piece of tuna. Well, wait till you see this picture. I, I mean, you'll, you'll see my reaction. It was all tuna with just a thin little layer, kappa, a thin little layer of rice. And that's when I said, this is a tuna roll. <laughs> all the rest is BS. BS is bull, vamos, tonteria. And don't be misled by me either. Japan is not just about sushi, sashimi. What's the difference? Sushi is the one that goes on top of rice. Sashimi is just the raw fish by itself. And the word raw is crudo. Now that I think about it, most places we went to didn't have sushi and sashimi on their menus. And if they did, it was limited. There was a lot of ramen, well, all kinds of noodles. Obviously, ramen are the most popular ones these days, but you've got udon, udon, are the thicker ones. Uh, you've got soba. Well, those are really good too. Noodles. Uh, you call them noodles. Tallarines was the word in Spanish. And you know what I found works really well? Because there are so many kinds of noodles. There's so many kinds of dishes that, you know, you don't know the name because it's in Japanese. Google Images. Te vas a imágenes de Google y pones lo que es and you'll see the dish. You'll see the kind of fish. It helped us on numerous occasions. Another thing, this is one you're probably familiar with because they're very popular here now too, guiothas. Dim sum. Guiothas are dumplings in English. They also like their curry, which was surprising because when I think of curry, I think of India. But they have a dish, it's rice with curry, and it's called kare raisu. And it tastes different than an Indian curry because it has Japanese ingredients. I highly recommend it. As I said, most of the things I tried that were new had nothing to do with raw fish. Just like the Okonomiyaki. Let me see if I can say this. The Okonomiyaki. The Okonomiyaki. Yeah, the good thing is everything's easy to pronounce, but you need to take a minute to look at the words because they're long. But I remember these. These were like pancakes or little pizzas, but they don't have cheese on them. It, it's not like I'm trying to compare them to something in the West, but really this is, this is a perfect opportunity for you to Google it. It's Okonomiyaki, and it's basically a pancake looking thing, which they put on a griddle or on a grill, and it's got all kinds of different ingredients. You can be creative with that. Fish skin and uh, scallions. Scallions are green onions. Vegetables, beef. You can get very creative. And we went to one of the most famous places to try this dish, this delicacy, and that's Hiroshima. And as I told you guys, Hiroshima, oh, what an amazing place. But you can still feel 
some energy that something bad happened there, something, you know, tragic, even though it's a beautiful city. And I was very moved when I went to go see the bomb. There's a memorial and there was one building that was left standing. I'll share some pictures with you guys if you'd like, but oh man, it was a, it was a tough, tough day because obviously, you know, I don't want to get into my opinion about wars and this and that, but people dying is never a good thing. I think we can all agree, innocent people at least, people who are walking their dog and a bomb drops on them, you can, you can say they didn't really deserve to die. But we're not going to get into that death is always bad, destruction is always bad. And you know what I did to feel better about it? Well, I went to the best place and had an, oh, I'm torturing myself, diciéndolo otra vez, okonomiyaki. Oh, and I highly recommend if you go to Hiroshima, you have to have the lemon spicy sauce and bring some back for me. I still dream about that sauce. You put it right on top of those pancakes and they are delish. Finger licking good. Oh, and if you're going to go to Hiroshima, I said I was going to stay in Tokyo, but Japan's amazing and I have to go back because there are so many more places on my list. But you have to go to the island of Miyajima. There's a ferry that you can take from Hiroshima and that was my favorite place in Japan. It's an island and there's a shrine that's in the water. And at high tide, you can't walk out there. But at low tide, you can go to this shrine. It's absolutely beautiful and I highly recommend it. I know, I know, I was gonna stay in Tokyo, but my favorite place is an island and it is beautiful. It is off of the coast of Hiroshima. And I'll tell you what, if you guys want, I have my planning, my itinerary from my trip. So if you guys need any information on hotels, because that's another good thing. There are so many options when it comes to lodging. And what is lodging? Uh, lodging is uh, alojamiento. Just let me know and I would be more than happy to share it with you. Now, something we didn't share because none of us had the guts, las agallas, was that puffer fish. Well, yeah, they say that uh, you could die if it's not prepared correctly. And I just wasn't ready to leave my fate, mi destino, in the hands of a Japanese chef. I don't know. I don't care how much experience he has under his belt. So we didn't try the puffer fish. We did try shabu shabu, which is a kind of fondue where you take raw meat and you have these little sticks and you dip it into the pot. Yakitori, which yakitori, I, mean, I know you guys are familiar with that. That's another one that has been exported around the world. And these are these little shish kebabs. A shish kebab is como un pinchito. And don't forget about dessert. They've got some amazing desserts out there. I'm normally not a huge fan of cheesecake. However, Japanese cheesecake, or as they call it, jiggly Japanese cheesecake. Did they do that on purpose to make me say a tongue twister? Well, jiggly is poco firme, blando. I think of gelatina, jello. You know, that's jiggly. This 
has got such an amazing texture. I, I mean, I can taste it right now in my mouth. My wife's favorite dessert is mochi. Have you guys tried mochi? These have a very interesting texture. And they are these small little round Japanese cakes that are made with glutinous rice flour. Is anybody else getting hungry right now? And these two next restaurants are kind of tourist traps, but I had fun either way, so I'm going to recommend them. And one of them is the Robot Restaurant. What? The robot restaurant? Hey guys, I didn't make it up. This is Tokyo. That's how they do it. It's a place where you go have dinner and drink and you watch robots duke it out. To duke it out means to fight and they're playing techno music. It's absolutely insane. It's called the Robot Restaurant and Cafe. If you've got a couple extra bucks and you like that kind of kish, crazy stuff, definitely do it. We loved it. Another one is Kompachi. Kompachi is the restaurant from Kill Bill. Now, it's not where they filmed it, but it's where Quentin Tarantino got the inspiration. So if you've seen that movie, then you'll definitely recognize this restaurant. And it was a little bit pricey. Pricey es un poco carete. But I think you're paying for the, this is the Kill Bill restaurant. But I've got to be honest, the food was delish. So, you know, I don't mind paying a little extra for something if the quality is good. What I don't like is, you know, being at a festival or being at an airport and having to pay 14 euros for a tuna sandwich. You get what I'm saying? I don't mind getting ripped off a little bit from time to time when you're on vacation, when you're a tourist, and to get ripped off is que te timen. But I at least want quality stuff. I want to take a look at some movies and music that take us to Tokyo. I just said one of them, Kill Bill. Kill Bill Part 1 took place in Tokyo. As I said, it wasn't filmed there, not in that restaurant, but one thing is to be filmed somewhere, and another thing is to take place. Jackass, the movie Jackass, that was filmed in Tokyo. Tokyo Drift, The Fast and the Furious. Dime que no dices furios, por favor. It's furious. Another one, Inception. I still don't understand that movie. But it's another one that was filmed in Tokyo. And perhaps my favorite is Lost in Translation. I think this was the movie that made me want to go to Tokyo. This movie made me realize, whoa, this is another planet. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, Sofia Coppola directs it, if I'm not mistaken. And it stars Bill Murray. And it is a great movie. Scarlett Johansson, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I'm, I, I, sometimes I have too many names in my head and I don't know what movie I'm talking about. But I've seen this movie many times and it is awesome. Beautiful movie about humanity and it takes place in Tokyo. And there's a new one that just came out called Bullet Train. Remember, we don't say ballet, we say bullet. Bullet Train. And, you know, I don't like these kind of movies too much, but I guess I'm going to have to bite the bullet. Hacer de tripas corazón, aguantar. I'm going to have to bite the bullet. Okay, really bad joke. Oh, and my wife was about to kill me on our trip. What? 
Sí, estaba a punto de matarme. At first she liked it, but then after about 20 days in Japan, she said, that's enough. And every morning I put on the song, turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think so. Turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think so. And I put on the Katy Perry version, I put on the original version, and she was like, enough is enough, guy. <laughs> me estoy convirtiendo en japonés. Well, it got me in the mood. And now, something to get you in the mood, some vocabulary. Some vocabulary that some words I didn't even know came from Japanese. As I said in the first part, honcho. He's the head honcho. That's a word that means the boss. What about sensei? Sensei, we learned that one from Karate Kid. Ahí tenéis otra. We don't say karate, we say karate. Eso es la, la pronunciación americana, no digo la japonesa. Another one, futon. Estos son estos sofa camas, a futon. You can lie down on your futon and play some sudoku. <laughs> and life is hunky-dory. <laughs> These are all words that come from Japanese. Hunky-dory, bien, requete bien, hunky-dory. Maybe you're even into origami or haiku. Or you're one of these people who uses emojis in the middle of a tsunami while you're drinking sake, receiving a shiatsu massage. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. Those are just some of the many, many words that we use in English that come from Japanese. I've already shared some of my memories with you, but I'm going to give you some memories and some tips in this section. Remember I said that I have to go back because there's stuff that I didn't get to do? Well, I can tell you what that is. I want to go to Tokyo Disney Sea. They say it's one of the most amazing themed Disney parks in the world. I didn't visit Mount Fuji. I want to go to the spas with the monkeys in Nagano. So there are so many places I still want to go to in Japan. And as the Terminator said, I'll be back. Volveré. But here are some tips to help you. One of the greatest things we did was before we left, we reserved a Wi-Fi router. Now you can say router or router. Hay gente que dice ambas. And we reserved it and they delivered it to our hotel. It was waiting for us when we arrived. And this is like the size of a telephone. And you carry it around and four or five people are connected to this hotspot. And this way you can use your phone, you can post, I mean, whatever, whatever you, as I said, sometimes we used images on our phone to communicate. One time I wanted salmon and remember guys, English isn't going to help you too much there. And she was looking at me like, huh? And I, I just went into my phone and I, I Googled salmon and I showed, oh, she goes, oh yeah. Yeah, we got that. And I said, okay, cool. And then I went next. Okay, el próximo pez que quiero es. And sometimes you see that, you know, communication is so much more than just a verbal thing. But remember, don't underestimate body language and facial expressions and gestures. So Wi-Fi. Oh, and you know what? Very convenient too. Do you know where we left it? When we returned to Spain, we put it in the post office box at the airport in an envelope, in un sobre. And that was it. So we didn't have to go anywhere or do anything. It was very convenient. And we were connected the whole time. And I remember it being peanuts. 
Muy poco dinero. Another thing, 7-Eleven. What? Okay, you guys know me. I, I tell you, don't go there and go to McDonald's. Don't go there and go to Hard Rock Cafe. Go to Japanese places, right? But 7-Eleven has everything. And most importantly, they have ATM machines. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have a European bank. Not all ATM machines take every card. However, I read a piece of advice that I'm sharing with you right now. The ones that are found in 7-Eleven do. And you're in luck because there's a 7-Eleven on every corner. They love their 7-Elevens. Okay, another thing too, I forgot before I forget, very, very important, the rail pass. You can save yourself a chunk of cash by getting a rail pass. And you've got to get it beforehand. Do you know why? Because they're not available to people who live in Japan. Only for tourists. It's a special discount, but you have to apply for it. So all this has to be done before you go. And then when you get to the airport, there's an office where you go and they give you this pass. And that's the best way to get around Japan. I highly recommend it because when I was looking at the train ticket prices, some of them, the, some of the routes we did were more expensive for one ticket than my whole two-week pass. So look into it and it's something you must do beforehand. You have to pre-order it. And honestly, I could go on and on and on, but I'll save that for another episode when I return to Japan one day with my daughter. But for now, I'll say, we quoted Arnold Schwarzenegger before. He says, I'll be back. Well, another thing he said was, hasta la vista, baby. And in Spanish, you know what that was? Sayonara, baby. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of F.Y.I.